We are here, we're live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Attention, live here from the Robert Allenby Studios, and I'm with my co-host Potty. Potty, how are we going, mate? Really well, mate, really well. It's great to be here again. Back again, on time, delivery as usual for that uh, week's roundup of sport and entertainment. What do we reckon? Mate, what, what, what a week, what a week. Absolutely. Should we just get straight into it, ripping let's, and the tearing? Let's fire. Potty, we are here, we are back, episode 18 of the Sports Attention Podcast. Mate, we are officially rolling and we, we are, aren't stopping. We are not stopping and thank you to all our loyal listeners out absolutely. there. We love you. And we love you and we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. I got some feedback this week. I got a couple of listeners hit up on the on the message oh, and yep. sent through, said how much they're enjoying the content. Fantastic, fantastic. I mean, if there's any goal for us around this podcast, it's for our loyal listeners just to enjoy the content. 100%, 100%. Should we get stuck into what's caught our eye, mate? Absolutely, mate. What has caught your eye? Well, the first thing, big news on the social media front this week, mate, Twitter. Twitter, Elon's little uh, pet project. Yeah, yeah. The bird's gone. The bird? Yep. He's got rid of the bird. The tweet. What tweet. are they doing? X. X. There's an X there now. Oh. Mm. So what's he trying to merge that in with his SpaceX or something like that? Or Well, we know he loves the X, doesn't he? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I think he's got a lot of Xs too. He certainly does. He certainly oh, does. So I'm not all over why he's doing this, yeah. but... Um, an opportunity to rebrand, an opportunity to branch out, and I think they just saw it as a, a, a time for a bit of evolution. Hmm. Maybe mm. it's him just trying to get a bit of a serious face on before he punches on with Mark Zuckerberg. I hope so, I hope so. Mm. X marks the spot. Get it done. Get it done. Get X it done. on the chin. But that's that's pretty big news because um, I think the, um, the, the little birdie's been there since about 2010, Larry the mm. Bird. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I didn't know he had a name. But well, there you go. Named after Larry Bird. Oh, there you go. There you go, mate. There you go. We're a, we're Boston a, fans, where you at? We're a fountain of information here. Mm. Just never stop giving. Never stop mm. giving. Who some knows of, whether it's true or some not? Some of it's even correct. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that caught my eye, mate. So we'll see um, what happens there. Mm. I mean, we're on Twitter, aren't we? So, you know, it, it affects us directly. I'm, I'm not sure yeah. why it wasn't run by me, but... well. I mean, so you're saying it's getting X-rated. That's right, mate. X-rated. All right. Now, um, you know, something else caught my eye as well. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Mm. Well, why would we? They've just touched up the Wallabies. Yes. The Wobblies, um, mate. What is doing over there? That's a a poor result. Um, I still have full faith in Eddie Jones, Mm. as I've mentioned on the podcast before. I'm a big fan of Eddie Jones. I like Eddie. We Um, love you, Eddie. If you want to come on, just let us know. We'll sort mm. you out. Mm. Yeah, we know he likes a good chat. We know he, he speaks a lot of sense. And, you know, he, he gives no fucks, which yep. is even better. Yep, and we absolutely love it. Uh, and we wouldn't we wouldn't take any cheap shots, Eddie. No, not at all. It's, no. I mean, it's open, honest dialogue here at the Sports Attention. But getting back to the, the wobblies, mm. I know what will fix this problem. I've sorted it out for him. What's that, mate? World Cup champions, 
I reckon three times in a row coming up after I give them this brilliant idea. Yep, go for it, mate. Why don't you throw a ridiculously absurd amount of money at one or two players from a different code? Bring him over. Sounds so, like an so, idea, mate. Sounds like an idea. An idea you've never heard before? I I wouldn't imagine it's been done. No, I don't think it's been done. To try it again, even if it has. Yeah, so if you were to pick two players mm. that you would um, throw money at mm. from that said code, yep. who would it be? Cam Murray. Probably couldn't Ooh. go past Cameron Murray. Uh, yep. I think he'd make a, uh, a very good, uh, probably an, an outside centre. Yep. Um, you know, he could probably play pretty well at Flanker as well, I'd imagine. He comes from a rugby background. I think he might have come through Kings, maybe he, Kings. Uh, I'm not too sure if might it was Kings. No, I don't think it was Kings. Um, Knox? Possibly Knox. Mm. Anyway. Don't know. Sorry, Cam. I'm not exactly something sure. with extortionate school fees. Uh, indeed, indeed. I, he probably wasn't paying him. <laughs> Fairly Fair. handy player. Yeah. And oh, you know, you probably can't blame them from going after Suwalihi because of his mm. age, um, because of how good he is. But you know, if I'm being honest, I'll probably go after Nathan Cleary. <laughs> well, look, mate. Um, I I was actually taken aback by you suggesting that they pinch players from rugby league. Oh, I mean, on. I was actually thinking maybe we'll get Cody Simpson and Kyle Chalmers. Oh, Imagine on. the love. Bring the love triangle over to the Wallabies. Mm. Okay, can take. You know, all their minds, it can just provide a, a distraction yeah. from the rugby, mm. you know, and let Eddie do his thing with the boys yeah, yeah. and let Kyle and Cody yep. just have it out in the public eye. Well, you know what? It looks like Davey Warner's going to be dropped. I mean, Get him bring, a start. bring him over. Get him a start. Steve Smith. You know, no, we can't lose Smitty. We can't lose Smith. Can't. A smudge is very important to Mark Australian Mark is bankrupt. Mmm. Yeah. Look. He'll do anything Warner tells him to do. Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr. Oh, She's injured. Yes. Yep. She's no good to us at the Matildas at the moment. Let's get her over to play for the Wallabies, eh? Oh, I love it. I love it. Yep, so that certainly caught my eye, mate. Actually, so, before you jump sorry, ahead of the mate, Wallabies, sorry, mate. mate. I'll, I'll, I was getting and this is, this is one of the major issues with rugby in Australia, hmm. is how long it has been since we've won the Bledisloe. Mate. Like... We have not won the Bledisloe in so long. What was it, 2002? I think it was 2002. I mean, in 2002, I couldn't even find myself a girlfriend. <laughs> and, and now look at me. I'm a, I'm a happily married man with two children. That is how long it's been. That's how long it's been, mate. I, I was, um, hadn't finished high school, let alone any further other training or education. Yeah, And now you're thinking of retirement. That's right, mate. Thinking of retirement. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll probably get to retirement before they beat New Zealand oh, in the bloodless Anyway. Very, very disappointing. But keep trying. Yep. We'll we'll get all over you if you start doing well. Yeah, absolutely. We love a bandwagon. We do, we do. Right, something else caught my eye, took me over to the United States. Mm. Reports coming out this week, or a report's probably a bit of a stretch, and articles coming out this week. With facts. Some, facts, facts. Where someone is suggesting that there has been oh, a little bit of erratic behaviour from some sharks yep. in, um, in the waters off the United States. And they are suggesting that the amount of drugs which is dropped off the US coast is having an impact. What mm. they're saying is 
Cocaine sharks. They're getting on the nose beers, man. Oh, so it's like a good old-fashioned aspirin out there. Yeah, just all the coke that's being dropped off is just dissolving into the uh, into the water. Right, buzzing. Perking up the boys. So that article was um, dropped, uh, I, I think, came out last night, and apparently the American travel agencies have just been flooded with, um, you know, 20 to 25-year-old males flying out of there to go fishing trips <laughs> off the Florida coast. Hey, check, any check-in luggage? No, 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 just got me snorkel. <laughs> yes, oh. wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah, I mean... We've had cocaine bear, haven't we? Absolutely. That's a, is that maybe just a hint to Hollywood saying, we're on to something yeah. here? Just, yeah. you know, we've got an idea here. Perhaps you can... So what else could you have, mate? Now I'm thinking... Well, the cocaine shark, obviously. Cocaine mm. bear. What else? Um, cocaine wolf. Ooh, Ooh yeah. That'd be grizzly. It's pretty, it's pretty close to a bear, though. So we've got to sort of step outside the realm. Mm. Um, Why? Well, I'm just thinking about it. I'll put you on the spot here, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking maybe... Cocaine athlete. Cocaine athlete. <laughs> Cocaine athlete. Are you sure that doesn't mean none? Oh, <laughs> ben Cousins, where you at? <laughs> oh, mate, I like it. I like it. I'd probably go for a a, a bird, mate. So mm. I'd be thinking Cocaine Eagle or something. So are you suggesting that the, the sharks are enjoying the cocaine? I'm suggesting that they've had record numbers there. Yeah. <laughs> I have well, no data to back that up, but... You know, well, it's one of the interesting ones. You know, you know. Talking about sharks and data, it's like the the old you know the old saying where people go, "Oh, you know, sharks actually don't like the taste of human." <laughs> it's like, what fucking shark did you talk to which <laughs> told you that? <laughs> he didn't seem to mind ripping that well, leg off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh yeah, no, they just rip it off because they don't like the taste. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. No, I no. I don't know if that's correct. You're telling me if it was a choice of starving to death or eating a human leg. They're going to start. No, oh, I mean they, they're going to have a they're going to have a nibble. They are going to have a proper mm. nibble. And I mean, if uh, if they're out there in the waters and a pallet of uh, devil's dandruff ends up in the in the water, they're going to have a have a taste. Yeah, well, you would yeah. suggest as you would, as you would. Um, all right, and the final thing that caught on my mate, I couldn't let it slide. I couldn't let it slide. Mm. Now, very good friend of the show, friend friend of ours. An Arsenal supporter. Yeah, we, we hammered them last week. We yeah. hammered them last week, and they did not miss a beat, did no. they? Well, we saw it on the social media. There is so much demand for the Arsenal third kit. Yep. And now I must apologise. I've got to, I've got to step out there. So when I described it last week, I was, I was so excited, you know, and I, I didn't get it right because I, I suggested that it was red and black. Yeah. But anybody who's done a bit of research since would know that the Arsenal kit and the reason why... You described it as a sick tiger and I described it as a zebra who had uh, some sort of liver condition such as cirrhosis was the fact that he's yellow and black with a bit of blue in it. So um, we hammered him, absolutely hammered him, rightfully so. But they are apparently lining up and even punching the piss out of each other in New York to get their hands on some. Oh, they love it, don't they? But Man United, I mean, the rivalry is so deep between Arsenal and Man mm. United. They weren't going to be outdone. They had to come up with their own trash third kit this week, didn't they, Grego? 
I'm biased, but it's bad. It's, <laughs> it's bad. Mate, it, if you've seen Batman Forever, you know, Val Kilmer back in the late back in the late 90s yeah. and Jim Carrey as the Riddler, if you've seen the prison outfit he was wearing at the end, it looks similar to that. Mate, it was – I we received uh, some fan mail that sent it through and said, looking forward to hearing about this one. And um, the only way I could describe it, mate, it's like a, a cross between a Mexico national kit and fucking Beetlejuice. <laughs> like, it is awful. Oh, oh so right on cue. Mate, I don't know if we're trying to – I thought we're pretty popular with the, uh, with the, the Spanish fans, the Mexican fans, yep. or the Spanish-speaking world, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, to, to bring out a Mexico national team rec- replica – for the greatest uh, team in English football. I don't think it's necessary. Adidas, well done. Well done, well done. But, yes, um, so uh, Man United have been copying it um, left, right and centre, especially from the Arsenal fans um, and uh, who listen to our beautiful podcast. And, mm. uh, fair play, I say. Well, yeah, I mean, fair's fair. Yep. Yeah, you, you've got to – if you're going to dish it out, you've got to – Got to get it in return. I like it, mate. I like it. Now, that's all for me, mate, and as well it should be because I've really gone in on the um, what's good. called my There's eye plenty this happening week. To have plenty happening this week. Um, mate, I've got, some, I've got some real pressing issues, mate, and, and I was really, really concerned as I was garnishing this together because I, it's quite political, mm. you know, and I, I don't really like to get political. Um, however, I did notice, and what caught my eye is um, – about the, the HEX help debts. Mm. Um, apparently there's some changes for failing students. Yeah, right. So, and I, I thought, oh, look, I'm pretty interested about that. So apparently um, students who fail to meet the pass requirement at university yep. are now going to continue to have eligibility for government assistance on their loans. So if you're failing miserably, they're still going to just dish out loans for every unit of, of study that, or course that you apply for i mean what do you think of that oh well, i think what? it doesn't make sense what? what so there's no real uh encouragement for one to apply themselves well that is where they they beg to differ in the uh, in the policy making area okay, because yep. they're, they're suggesting that by removing the um the past grade eligibility they're going to open up the opportunity for more people from lower socioeconomic uh, backgrounds to be able to achieve higher education. I think that's a stretch. That, yeah. So, so explain it to me again, mate. They're, they're so to be eligible yep. to continue to take out help or hex, yep. you need to be achieving a pass. You need to be passing your units. If yep. you start to fail your units, then you no longer become eligible. And if you'd like to continue to study, it's got to come out of your own pocket. Yep. Now, they've changed it to say that, well, even if you are failing subjects, we're still going to support you to try and get you over the hump, yeah. get you through. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, is all well and good if you're, you know, training somebody in an industry that is in dire need. Yeah. But if you're training a doctor... That's right. Number one, I probably don't want them failing their subjects. No, no. And number two, if you're training someone in maybe gender studies or something like that, I can't see the employment opportunities at the end of the uh, at the whole rainbow. Yeah. So how long's a piece of string though? Like how long do we go, mate? Like I, I mean, I could understand that you might make an exception if someone, um, you know, 
a one-off. You well, know, things happen. Go Absolutely. Through, go you know? through 24 units and, you, and, and one goes astray. I mean, you know. And as somebody who worked full-time and studied full-time, I understand there's challenges with time. Yep, you oh, know. 100%. But, you know, does it actually encourage people to gain university qualifications, as they're saying, or does it just continue a cycle of failure and inability to meet academic requirements is mm. the big question. Now, this is where it gets pear-shaped, mate. Yep. Some people don't realise, because they talk about HEX loans and HELP loans and the like, they, they look at them as, um, you know, interest-free loans. So they, But they do come with an indexation. Mm. So an indexation is what the uh, – is garnered off inflation over the year. Yep. So, for example, in the last five years or so, it's been around 2%. And it went up to 3.1 last year. I don't know if you've noticed, mate, but things are getting fucking expensive. They are, mate. Very This year, expensive. when people who have hex or help debts go and do their tax, so brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, we're looking at 7.1% mm. is the indexation. So people are going to get slogged at the tax man this year. Yep. And they probably don't even know it. Yep. So... Does this, if you're not getting people out there, you're not getting them employed and you're just going, look, we're just going to keep giving people, you know, loans on courses that they're not passing, is that really helping us or is it just pushing and kicking kicking the problem down the road? Yeah, well, i tell you what, I'd have to... Um I'd have to have a conversation with a couple of these policymakers because that's what it certainly comes across to me as. Just let's just push that problem on. Um, yeah. So, but at the, at the core face of it, if you're struggling to maintain a pass grade at a university level, you're probably going to struggle to maintain employment in that industry that you're aiming to go to. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Unless, of course, you're straight out of school, you've got no idea what you're doing, and you're too busy. Getting on the piss. Getting on the beers. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, speaking of education, mate, I'm going to leave it there with that. Uh, that's my that's as, that's my political spell. But um, maths, mate. Maths. Do you think maths is important? Mate, I do. I yeah. do. I didn't when I was at school. Mm. But, um, I mean, Pythagoras. Yep. I used to think, oh, what's that guy got to do with anything? Then I, went, in, then I went into the building game <laughs> and I realised that Pythagoras had a pretty good theorem. Um, You know, you can be a legend in your chosen sport, bringing you back to sport, our our bread and butter. But, um, Potty, if you don't have a good understanding of maths, you're going to be quickly dragged back to the pack. Des Bryant, what do you know about him? Desi? Oh, mate, you've got some stories about Des for us. All pro wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, an absolute legend, okay, an athlete of the highest order. 7,506 receiving yards in the NFL. Gun. Um, all that, however, has been undone by Des's ability, uh, his inability, my apologies, to follow simple statistical protocol. So in a post to Twitter, we've talked about Twitter already, Des provided an infographic highlighting the average salary of an NFL running back as $1.8 million per season, mm. whilst the average wage of a kicker was $2.26 million. In the post, Des expressed concern. And being someone who played in the offence, he was, you know, he was pretty good at what he did. Um, he was concerned and it was a bit. He was disgusted at the situation, essentially calling for answers. Yep. 
You're sitting here looking at me, mate. Do you already see what the problem could possibly be for Des? <laughs> mate, I do. Let's add up the numbers. Well, Des, if you do the working out and you don't flick to the back of the textbook champion, it goes something like this. There are usually two running backs active on a 53-man roster with another one to two filling out the practice squad on the depth chart. As you can imagine... Those who are inactive are not getting paid very much potty. Probably, you know, seven fifty for your backup yep. and then the minimum on the practice squad, 200K a year each. To get an average of roughly $1.8 million for those four positions, you could pay your starter up to $6.8 million. Yep. So now we start to paint the picture. In the case of kickers, there are 32 kickers in the league as opposed to 128 running backs, because every team has one. Yep. If you get a start as a kicker, you're going to get paid around the $2 million mark. But remember, don't miss. <laughs> Des, maybe ask someone next year before you put things out on the public scope, mate, and you won't get absolutely scolded by the responses, <laughs> champ. Oh. Uh, I hope we've helped you here at the Sports Detention, Des. But, you know, we love your work, mate. But, um, yeah, maybe... Uh, Brush up on those yeah. basic numeracy skills, mate. Absolutely, mate. What do you reckon, Potty? That's it for what's caught my eye. Bit of footy time. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here! What do we got, mate? Oh, mate. So, round 21, come and gone. And um, some interesting results over the weekend uh, in the uh, battle for the wooden spoon. Uh, the Dragons beat the Tigers 18-14. Um, so, it's looking very likely now that the Tigers are going to finish down mm. the bottom. All the Bulldogs, they're going, they're in a bad way as well. Um, the Raiders and uh, the Warriors. Uh, Warriors getting up in golden point 21 to 20. Now, that was a weird game, wasn't it? It looked like it was going to be a comfortable and an yep. impressive win of the Warriors. Two tries in, I think, the last three minutes. And if uh, Jared Croker kicks the goal from the sideline, Raiders, are, Raiders, Raiders get take, the chocolate. So, home, yeah. But uh, Sean Johnson proving his class. Mm. Yeah, it was good. Um, I'll touch on that a bit later. The uh, Broncos, 36 to 20 over the Rabbitohs. So they were too good there. Up um, at the Sunshine Coast. Up at the uh, Sunny Coast. They yeah. love their footy up that way. Love their footy up there. And then a big shout out to the Coolum Colts, who were uh, greeted the players as they entered the field of play. Yep. And um, yeah. Up the Colts. Up the Colts. And they were they were surrounded by their, their one of their assistant coaches who, um, yeah, might want to hit the treadmill. Might want to hit the treadmill. <laughs> he knows who I'm talking about. Uh, we um yeah, but uh, they do love their footy up there. The the, the I think um the Dolphins take a few games up there each year, and um, yeah, they yeah. got good facilities up there. They and, do. and the Falcons have been an ever present in the Queensland Cup. Yeah, and uh, I think um I, I'm thinking that's why the the Dolphins didn't want to call themselves Redcliffe because they wanted to sort of encompass that area yeah. a little bit as well. But that's not going to fly here, of course. Not when the Broncos are taking their games up there and putting on a very impressive performance. It was actually South. South actually took oh, the game up there. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. my apologies. Um, and Which is a bit strange, but yeah, there you go. Um, then the Roosters beat the Titans 36-18. I think they're up 30-0. Mm. So uh, Titans, oh, who could pick them this year? They're up and down. Yeah. 
Um, the Knights with a very impressive win over the Storm, 26-18. to 18. I'm going to touch on that one a little bit later on. Uh, the Cowboys beat the Eels too good, 24-16. to 16. Uh, We'll probably jump into that a little bit. Mm. Um, uh, then your Panthers, far too good for... The Bulldogs, 44 to 18. Thank God they took the foot off the gas a little bit. Yes, well, well, we'll cover that later on. But, um, yeah, geez, it was um, – I didn't. I actually didn't watch it live. I was I was on the tools. But, um, yeah, when I watched it later, I was like, oh, gee, I'm lucky I didn't watch this live. No, that's right. Yeah, squeaky bum time. Uh, and then Manly in another strange game, who, who was up 30 to 8 with, I think, 13, mm. uh, maybe 15 minutes to go, and they won 30 to 26. Very yeah. similar to the Warriors Raiders. Very, very similar. There, yeah. yeah, and um, then Redcliffe uh, got the bye done. So well mm. done to Redcliffe. Um, match of the round, mate. Match of the round. So I had predicted the the Rabbits versus the Broncos. Yeah. Um, I thought the Broncos were too good. You know, it, it wasn't the contest that I'd hoped it would be. Um, in comparison to the other matches that were out there, um, Broncos were so good. Mm. Reese Walsh was really good. Um, you know, which, you know, I'm still sour as anything about the origin with Reese Walsh. Yep. Still a bit of a knob, but, you know, he, geez, he's a knob who can play football. Yep, that's right, mate. He mm. certainly can. Yeah. Um, so my match of the round, mate, I went for the uh, Raiders-Warriors, which yeah. is pretty unusual. Friday Arvo game. Yeah, the um, 6.30 game. Most people yeah, miss it. Yeah, you sort of. But, uh, yeah, I checked it out and... I mean, I had had Warriors on the tip, so when Jack White threw himself over with his big swanny, I thought, oh, no. no. And and Kroger, he doesn't miss many. No. But, um, yeah, I think to finish it off, having Sean Johnson, you know, kicking the field goal, was, yeah, it was lovely to see. And, you know, I, I've made it pretty clear that um, I've got a bit of a fondness towards the Cowboys. Uh, sorry, not the Cowboys, the Warriors. I think they're, um, yeah, everyone can get behind them this year. I think so. I agree. I don't think they'll quite have enough but when mm. it comes to the business end of the season. But, uh, you know, everyone's second favourite team this year, particularly what they've endured over the last few years yeah. with being away from home for so many years. Yep. Uh, well, mate, my uh, prediction was the uh, Cows versus the Eels, and it, it wasn't a bad match. Um, I called it the pretenders versus contenders or the possibles versus probables. Mm. Uh, if I'm being honest, by the end of it, I don't think either one of them are contenders for, for the competition at this stage. Yeah. Um, uh, so I will come back to that, but I'll jump into my match um, of the round, which was the Knights versus the Storm. Mm. So not, uh, Storm were up 12-0, and I thought, oh, well, you know, here we go, Newcastle haven't shown up again. And then they came back into it and played an absolute stormer of a, a last 60 minutes of the match. Well, you mentioned before that the Titans are hard to pick. Mm. <laughs> hey, the Knights. Oh, Dead mate. Harder to pick than a broken nose. Yeah, I know. Yep. They are, they are absolutely... But, you know, people sort of getting behind the Knights and when they have a win like that, you sort of sit there and go, ooh, are they, are they going to... Um, be, you know, are they going to have a late run home? Uh, you know, are they going to do something quite quite special? Yeah. To me, it looked like they were playing their grand final. Yeah. And, I mean, when I looked at that match, um, Tyson Gamble. Hmm. Tyson Gamble. Gee, I hope he's a good bloke. <laughs> because he's got nothing else going for him if he's not a good bloke. On the, he's just far out. He's one of those guys that he's always in it. 
And, I mean, he can either knuckle or he's just the nicest bloke ever off the field and everybody forgives him for it because he's an absolute pest. Yeah, he's an absolute pest. In the right situation, I think he's exactly what a team needs. Mm. But um, it's like the old rumours that used to float around about Jimmy Maloney. It was like he's such a good player and he was exactly what you needed but for about two years, three years. And then then you'd get over him. Then (laughs) then you'd move him on because he was just always at you. Yeah. Uh, The the Broncos, I think, a lot of their turnaround a couple of seasons ago was actually because Gamble was so competitive and so in Mm. people's faces and it it helped sort of bring them back into being a competitive team. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. But... You know, they were pretty quick to move him on as well. Like, yeah, so. I mean, it's it's quality. Quality yep. is, is what they needed at the end. And, yep. you know, you look at who their halves are now. But, um, yeah, I suppose it's just one of those things. It may, you know, may purely be, say, for example, if I'm speaking to somebody who's not a Penrith fan, when they look at Jerome Luai, I know he gets a lot of grief and I, I don't see it. Mm. I'm a fan, but is that probably the way that I'm looking at Mr Gamble down there? Yeah, well, he's not as good as um, well <laughs> as Luai, so he probably gets a little less slack cut. But yeah, um, yeah, that's uh, oh, no, to, to, from an outsider's fan, I love Luai when he's playing for New South Wales, but when he's playing for Penrith, he comes across as a bit arrogant, bit of a grub. But yeah. you know, if I'd um, play, I don't mind that though. That's yeah, I'd, yeah, you know, if I'd won, you know two premierships in a row and, you know, was one of the best players in the comp, I might be a little bit arrogant as well. Yeah. From from what I understand, he's fairly active in his local community. He gives a lot back and mm. so, you know, his mates love him. Mates love him and... Most times. So do, so do Parramatta because they are his son. That's exactly right, mate. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, no. Oh, mate, and uh, oh, I guess Brian Toho doesn't love him all the time either. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, he's not the best wingman. <laughs> mm. All right, mate, a couple of talking points for the week. Uh, Latrell's back. Latrell's back, yeah. Is this going to be the starting point for South Sydney, charging their way back up to the top, or uh, is it not? What yeah. do you mean? Um, I think they'll... Welcome him back, that's for sure. Mm. Um, they, they've sort of been limping for the last few weeks, South, a lot of a few injuries. You know, you look at Campbell Graham, who's back on the field. Five Did, from six, I think they've lost. Yeah. Four from five, something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, I mean, Campbell Graham would have been welcome for South fans to see him back last week. But, you know, once you start getting the, you know, Latrell, if you get a f- couple of runs under his belt, you mm. can get them back. Yep. It's, uh, it's big moments for South because that's sort of leading you right into that final series where you want everyone fit and firing. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, he's. Uh, I, I don't know what their draw is off the top of my head, but, geez, they'd love to come up against a couple of teams that are struggling a bit and beat them up a bit, get their confidence back. Yep. Yep, sometimes I think that's exactly what you need and then you get a few tough games. Yeah. Um, Broncos and Cows. So two Queensland teams, two teams that are in red-hot form at the moment. Real deal, or are they kidding themselves this year? Um, I I think it's anyone's game at the moment. Um, the oh, Bronco- well, look, Penrith, Penrith for me, I've said it all year, you beat Penrith and yeah. you'll win the competition. Yeah, I, I can see, see that opinion. And, um, you know, as a Penrith fan, I, I, I always want to be you know, modest in my approach and I, I really love what we're doing as a football club but I still see that if the Broncos were going to have a problem I think we would have already seen it now mm. you know they've been neck and neck with Penrith for too long now across the season for us to go look they're, they're not in it yeah. okay and all it takes is for them to have their game and you know they can walk away with a with a premiership 
Yeah. Um, the Cowboys have also shown that on their day they can beat anyone. You know, there's, I mean, there's been comments out in the punditry world just saying that Cowboys are the only ones who can beat Penrith. I, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that take, but I think on their day they can definitely beat anyone. And, you know, you look at that side on paper, we were talking about it earlier in the season where we just couldn't put two and two together at the fact they weren't clicking. Yep. But if it does click, you know, you you see how, how dangerous they can be. Yep. Mm, so I, th- I think you've got to – you can't write them off. Yep. Absolutely not. I think on their day, depending on – Injuries, a lot of other factors that lead into that final series. If those two sides can fire, they're going to cause everyone problems. Mm. Yeah, you could well be right. The reason why I say Penrith beat Pen- is because we sit there and we say with um, the Broncos and Cows, um, if they have their day, if they get there, there's no if of whether Penrith will get there. Yeah, I, I suppose if we look at how impressive Melbourne have been over, mm. you know, a the long, past long time, you know, two let's say two decades. Yep. You know, that professionalism, and you could say it's probably just sort of tapered right off after their last premiership, Mm. Um, and that's obviously due to a range of factors in terms of retirements, um, you know, players being managed under a salary cap, but there's one thing you cannot question with Melbourne is they know what's required when that whistle blows for a kickoff. Yep. You know, no matter what part of the season it is, they know what's required. At the moment... You know, if we're talking Melbourne five years ago, you say beat Melbourne, win the premiership. Yeah. But now, obviously, due to the, uh, you know, the, the shift in momentum in terms of their playing squad, their roster, their ability to bring new players in and replenish, which has been so brilliant for so long, um, you know, now they're probably, they're back in the pack. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know... Um I mean, we'll see this week because in the past, this great Melbourne team who got beaten by a team that they shouldn't have beaten, um, they shouldn't have been beaten by, the Knights, mm. um, you would um, you would expect a big response this week. And um, Craig Bellamy has done what he does better than most coaches. He's wheeled to the axe. Justin Ollum, mm. see you later, back in reserve grade. I think he's moved Eli Katoa to the bench. Um, you know, so... Back, Parramatta's playing them, so well, I guess I'll be keeping a close eye on that. But, um, yeah. you know. Big game. Big game. Big game for both teams. So, yeah. Um, next thing I had, mate, Nick, Nico Hines, you saw him give the touchy bit of a spray the other day? Uh, yeah, I did. It was um, obviously, you know, where I'm getting my news from needs to needs to change because it was made out as if he, he you know, hammered a female touch judge. I mean, what? The fact that she's female doesn't doesn't really matter. He's hammered a touch judge. Yep. You know, so that was where the news was. But yeah, I mean, players. Is he the captain? Uh, I think Nico is the captain. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. I mean, there's a way of going about it. I'm, I I don't like it when you know refs are spoken to in a certain manner. But I think he's well within his rights to have a chat. Yeah. So it was beyond a chat from what I saw, from what I read, yeah. and. Um, he, uh, so I guess my question is, he's, he's got a fine for it. He wasn't sin-binned at the time. Mm. Uh, Reese Walsh got right to feel a bit hard done by. Now, he did swear and there was no insinuation <laughs> that um, Nico swore, but that's the only yeah. difference. I, Three weeks, Reese Walsh got for that. Yeah, but he, he, I mean, he turned it into a fucking soap opera. He got his boys down there. Who, you know, it was like they'd all went into the principal's office and they didn't get their story straight and they wasted shitloads of time. He deserved the three weeks for wasting their time. 
And if that's what he got the three weeks for, I'd be happy to <laughs> yeah. accept that. But, I, I understand yeah. what you're saying, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you've got a point. The fact is, do they do they get away with it on a technicality on the fact that Reese Walsh had no right to speak to a referee at all because he's not the captain? Yeah, I mean, I guess they could get away with it from, from that point of view. I would have had no problem with both players going to the bin. Look, we're unhappy with what you've yeah, said. You're yeah. going to the bin and copper fine with it. And then some sort of a loading system. You do it again. Yeah. Then it's a, then it's a like, and I'm you do it again relatively soon. So in the next season, it's a three week suspension. So, but then do we go back to the point that I made before? Like, you know, Reese Walsh has copped it in. He's gone to the bin. Yep. Hines has copped the fine. So the only difference really is Hines probably getting 10, mm. you know, because Reese Walsh has then got his suspension on the back that he brought David Fafita down to the judiciary to tell the, the fact that he was talking to Paddy Carrigan, but he accidentally told him he was talking to the ref. So he was sent straight to the um, judiciary. He wasn't given an option of taking a week or something like that. So he was... Yeah. So that... So and Nico wasn't? No, Nico was just fine. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I think... Yeah, you probably got to make a. Yeah, it's a. I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I, I do see the point you're making is, and I, I do agree with the fact that there needs to be a very, very firm line with the mm. way you treat officials because, it's purely. I mean, I, I think the the officials at the NRL level of the, are of the highest order. They're they're not going to be too worried about Nico giving them a spray, but it's how the flow on effects go down through We're the... We're talking junior rugby. Yeah, league, down yeah. through the grassroots. That's right. I mean, you know, you can't... And I've always, you know, I love my love my football, I love my soccer, but I cannot stand the way players in a professional soccer talk to the referees. Oh. You know, so I do see that, but, um, you know, I, I... Yeah, I probably don't know where I'm at on that. I, I do agree that it's sufficient enough for Nico Hines, provided that he didn't swear at the of the touch judge and that he was the captain, so he technically had a right to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, probably 10. Yep, I'm okay with that as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, Reese Walsh, you're going to get no sympathy from me for Reese Walsh yep. because he's an absolute peanut. So, yeah. For what he did. For me, I just think it's a little bit inconsistent. Like, I, I, I guess I feel Walsh's was probably a bit harsh. And like he, if he copped a week, I probably wouldn't have even brought it up. Probably would have said, "Yeah, there's a clear difference." But you know, yeah. three weeks on the sideline compared. But to does he get three weeks for wasting their time? Is that how the? I I think that there might be more to that. The no, the I fact, don't. Say I don't. for example, if you take an early guilty plea, you'll get a week. Yes, you know. But if you go and challenge it, you'll get two. So was there? I'm. I'm. I'd have to look back and see if Reese Walsh, if he had have taken an early guilty plea and didn't try to fight it, he might have got the one week. No. So to my understanding of it, he wasn't. He was just like referred straight to the judiciary. Yeah, okay. And when you referred straight to the judiciary, they don't give you a a. This is what you're gonna. This is what you could possibly get. So Mike Acevo last week challenged, yeah. lost, so he got four weeks. But if he had accepted, he would have got three. Mm. So, so is that where do you feel? Where do you feel as though the the officials fit, fit in that? So is it because the officials do the match report? Yeah. So the officials are probably going to refer it. You know, similar to a court of law, we talked about it. The prosecution's going to ask for this. You know, is that what has happened in that too, that we're not sort of giving credence to? As the touch judge gone, it was nothing. Don't worry, he was upset. It's, you know, it's a fine. And 
has yeah. the official in the, the Broncos-Titans scenario gone, you know, this is out of order. Really. And you know what? That's probably a really good point. I didn't really think about it like that. But I think you've brought up the, uh, the, the point before, mate, about a bit more transparency and maybe getting the, the officials, you know, may, maybe we could see that report because yeah. there's been nothing reported about that. And if, and if I got the report for, or if I read the report from the referee a few weeks ago in the Titans versus Broncos and he said he was having a go at me, I felt like he was being very aggressive in trying to intimidate mm. me, et cetera, et cetera, completely out of line. And then the touchy this week has gone, oh, no. Nah. Nothing really in it. The yeah. ref appreciated the ref sticking up for me, but we were all good. Then I would understand it, but I guess. But this there's, is yeah, where, there's. Yeah. A, I mean, that's transparency, and mm. yeah, it's it's an area to work on in terms of connecting with the fans, and you know, because otherwise they're sitting in our position right now, frustrated. Yeah, yeah. especially if you're a fan of um, of the Broncos. Yeah. All right, mate. Uh, moving on. Look, I'm going to pose something to you because I'm a biased Eels fan, as you know. Just love love me matters. Mm. So, um, Parramatta's uh, record at the moment, uh, 10 wins, 9 losses. So, after the loss of the Cowboys of the weekend. Yeah. Another close game where they just let it get away from them at one point. And it was just too much. To, they were coming for the Cowboys, but they, they just couldn't get there. And I couldn't help but think, um, you know, this is the t- they put in some great performances. They beat Penrith. They beat South when no one else could. They've uh, beaten North Queensland. They, they've, you know, flogged teams. But they've also lost to teams that they really shouldn't have lost to. And they've scored 28 points, I think, four times in a match and lost the game. Yeah. And so is this just going to be like a missed opportunity for Parramatta because the amount of suspensions they've had, the amount of injuries they've had, they've had a tough draw. Am I just seeing that? Because I still sit there and think – you put into their team that they had last week against the Cowboys. You put Dylan Brown back. You put Regan Campbell-Giller back. You pick Mike Acevo back. You put Wiramu Greg back on the bench. You know I love Wiramu, mate. Mm. I had to put him in there. Yes. Um, and I think they can beat anyone on their day. But I, also, I mean, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't disagree with that. But um, is it too late? Is it gone? I would say no. Like, I, I would never write off, you know, any team who makes the eight. I mean, wonderful things happen in sport. What I would say, and you know, I maybe just give you a little bit of hope is give me the hope, mate. I need it. I, need it. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to kick you while you're down as well. Oh. Um, when Parramatta were in that absolute nail biter against Penrith in the second round of the semi finals the other year, uh, 2021, mm. when Penrith went on to beat South, they could have easily won that match. Where were, out of it. Yeah, where were Parramatta before that leading in? Because I think both Parramatta and Penrith were struggling yeah. for a couple of weeks leading into that. Yeah. But they got momentum mm. and I think both sides, whoever won that, you could easily look, and I know hindsight's a beautiful thing, but you could say whoever won that match was so hardened and so ready to go on and do do the business. Yeah. Because of that. And, you know, it's so easy for sides and for us to sit back here like with eight weeks to go and go yeah i just don't know i don't know but i mean it's only a a three-week turnaround of form which can really be the difference for sides and you know like you're saying if you get and i mentioned with south as well if they can get those players back and they could start you know chalking out some some big wins Mm. i mean or you know just some real challenging performances anything can happen come september 
Yeah, and um, you know, I, I'm hoping, but uh, I've I've got a little bit of a rule when I'm um, talking about who's going to win the comp. Too many ifs is a no go, and with Parramatta, it feels like there's too many if their players can stop being stupid and getting suspended and stay back on the field if they can have a turnaround with luck as far as injuries are concerned. Ooh, luck. Oh, yeah. you're talking talking tight language here. Just injuries, mate, just injuries. <laughs> injuries are a lucky business a lot of the time. Yes. If they can, um, uh, if Dylan Brown can come back and just all of a sudden, and that's just starting to get too many ifs. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I understand, yeah. Um, but thanks for the hope. I appreciate it. Oh, I tried. <laughs> I, I mean, I I wouldn't be writing them off. If that's the question you're posing to me, I would say no, do not write them off. All right, mate. All right. Mate, um, I'm going to jump straight to Marty. I believe it's no longer Kapow to Pow. It no. is Tupayu. Yeah, Tupayu. Yep. Tupayu. Marty Tupayu. Has brought out his inner Sean Michaels. Oh, what is doing? Here. He's come out and delivered some sweet chin music oh, straight off the kickoff. And mate, the, that was outrageous. That, mate, that was an absolute shock. And the Broncos fans have been all over it on social media. There's been 40 photos of different players raising their knees. Oh, yeah. since began to start. Mate, I reckon, remember old Craig Smith who <laughs> used to do it all the time? I reckon they've probably dusted off old images oh. of Craig Smith. Mate, you've hit the nail on the head with Sean Michaels, the heartbreak kid, mate. This was... This was a wrestling finishing move. This was oh, mate, he's just charged in and given the old sweet chin music. <laughs> what would he call it? <laughs> oh, mate. Death. Death. <laughs> Foul play oh. is what they called it on the night. So The flying knee. Oh, mate, Campbell Graham didn't even know what happened. He no. was just like, what did oh, he I tell just you do? What, lucky if it caught him in the head or something. Oh, oh. and the chicken chow it would have been... Yeah. Lights out. It would have been. Um, speaking and staying on the um, on the old wrestling bandwagon, mate. Uh, Kroger. Oh, in I love How this. good was that? Oh. Like I mean, we've enjoyed the post try celebrations lately, but geez, it was a thing of beauty to see the old Degeneration X suck it mate. after he scored. Oh, mate, loved it. Loved oh, it. Man. Anyone who loved wrestling back in the late nineties, early two thousands, loved DX. Yes, um, yeah. and mate, the final little talking point that I've got on there, mate. Um, Brad Schneider, remember mm. Brad Schneider had a couple Schneider. of had a couple of games for the Raiders last year. Looks um, like a player, a bit young. Yeah, he's a big half, yep. big half. Um, yeah, he's uh, kicked the winning field goal, mate. Sending Hull KR through to Wembley Good um, on you, mate. with Good a win on over Wigan. Um, Mate, I just want to jump on the back of that. I'm telling you, mate, the loan system works. Mate, I love he's your gone, loan system idea. He's gone over there on loan. Yep. Um, the Raiders have got a policy in there, so if one of the halves is injured for a period of four weeks or longer, they can recall him from the loan. Pretty straightforward. I think more teams should be doing it. If you can send NRL players who just are on loan over to the UK Super League for loan periods, you know, give them an opportunity to play first grade over there, give them an opportunity to have an influx of, you know, quality professionals coming in and, and really driving that league as well. I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Would you have a problem if it started going the way of, um, uh, so say, for instance, Newcastle yep. um, were down the ladder and they weren't a chance of making the eight if they said, KP, go over and play. And they wouldn't because they wouldn't want to get yeah. hurt. Would you have a problem with that? Uh, it only works if you go, we, I mean, 
you can't just take a little bit of my idea. Yep. We've got to go all in. And how does that work? Mm-hmm. The transfer window. Transfer window, mate. So you've got that transfer window. So, yes, I do understand that concern would be that, you know, mid-season, you've got that month transfer window. If you don't make it within that month, you can't then just say, look, we're out of contention for the finals. We're going to send over, yep. you know, Caelan Ponga to go and win a win a Super League title for St Helens. You know, you wouldn't do that. It's purely no. in the in the transfer window, that month break. It could even be the transfer window is that month break that we're gonna have off for Origin. Oh yes. You know what I mean? Mate. So and then you've got your pre season transfer window, your mid season transfer window, any of those transactions can occur. And then you're looking at and it's not a you know, it's a year loan or it's a six month loan. Yep. And it just goes from window to window. Same as European football. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not reinventing the wheel, is it? Mate, I love it. Yeah, KP was a bad option, mate. He's off to Bali anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> with Bradman. With, with I mean Bradman. Bra- I mean Bradman. I mean he started we're st- we're starting to head over to the old dark side with Bradman. He was he's copping a bit of heat for his Bali exploits from us, but he's playing good footy. He is, he is, mate. He's I mean, he just needs to keep doing the Lord's work over there. He certainly does, mate, and you know, Better send Kurt Mann as well in case they get crook. Oh, mate. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, you don't want to be – let's not encourage them to be doing that in Bali. No, no. They'll be, they'll be standing in front of a firing squad. <laughs> certainly will. Certainly will. Do not do that. Um, oh, no. NRLW, mate, you you mm. wanted to touch on that a little bit. I didn't catch any on the weekend. Yeah, um, so I caught a little bit. There, there what did you think? Oh, look, there were um, um, some big blowouts. And so uh, – and like so, Parramatta got, I think – 30 points put on them in the last 15 minutes, like really, mm. really pumped from that perspective. I wouldn't judge the competition on um, the first round, but I will be interested to see if um, the influx of four teams over the last 12 yeah. months is going to prove to dilute the um, the talent pool a little bit too much. I'd, I'd love to see them stick with – I think they've got 10 teams now. Yeah. I'd like to see them stick with 10 teams for at least three yeah, or four I agree. years. I mean, there's a there's a lot of movement with players at the moment. Mm. So, you know, for example, I think Millie Boyle's moved around three times now in the last three yep. seasons. So, you know, those, those real top-line players. But um, Penrith hasn't got a side in the NRLW. Mm. Um, I think they're probably still a while off. But, they're, I mean, the foundations are there. Like, mm. they're, they're doing the, the groundwork. Yep. You know, and they're playing, you know, starting to look at the junior reps and putting through. And I think that's, you know, like you're saying, having those 10 teams is just going, look, let's have three seasons with these 10 teams. Yep. You know, yes, you might, you know, say, for example, Penrith have a couple of players who are NRL ready. Yep. You know, yep, they might go over to another side. But, you know, for the greater good of the competition and for it to eventually grow into a, you know, a legitimate thing where all teams can. Yeah, have a have a side and have a national women's competition. I think, yeah, let's have it. I like it. I like it. Oh, good. All right, mate. So uh, the footy this week: um, Broncos versus the Chookies. Mm-hmm. Tigers versus Souths. Oh, there's that game we were talking about for Souths. Storm versus the Eels in the main event on Friday night. Mm-hmm. The Raiders versus the Knights. So I guess we'll get to see the bounce back factor for the Raiders and the Knights. Whether that was a one off. The Dragons versus Manly. Oh, Manly, an opportunity there to keep their season alive. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers versus the Sharks. Ooh, okay. Now, the Sharks are someone who's on the slide, and there are a lot of questions about their ability to be able to beat top teams, not just this year, but I'm talking over the last four years. I think they've beaten, like, 
five top eight teams in the last four years or something. It's a pretty dismal effort. And, um, you know, no bigger scalp to take than Penrith. That's out at of, out of the riff on a Sunday, Arvo, too, is it? Oh, is it? I think it might be. Is that a Saturday main event or is I it a Sunday? Sunday, mate. Okay, Sunday. There you go. And uh, then uh, the Doggies versus uh, Reddy? No, Saturday night. Sorry, my bad. The Doggies versus Reddy, and then uh, the GC versus the Cows in the last of the Queensland Cup. Bring it in. I've been asking for it. <laughs> I've been asking for it. Have you it. been keeping the tally of points, mate? I haven't. I should have done, yeah. but, um, you know, it, uh, it's probably Could flawed. And dish out are... an unofficial <laughs> Queensland Cup. All right, right I'll, I'll get on it. I'll tally it up and we'll figure it out by the so end. We might get sued as well, but we, we, yeah. <laughs> all good. We'll call it the Queensland mug. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like it. Oh, and uh, the Warriors, I dare say their winning streak's going to continue as they take on the bye. Yes, well, they're on a roll. Match uh, around, match mate. around. Who you got, mate? Oh, mate, can't go past the Storm versus the Eels. I think it's going to be a big game. I think the Storm are going to be firing. They are going to come out of the blocks. And if Parramatta don't, they are kidding themselves. And yeah. my... My um, dog is going to be hiding in the corner, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says jokes. So anyone jokes, from the RSPCA, jokes. please uh, don't take that seriously. Yeah. Um, look, mate, I looked at this round and I thought, you know what, I could not go past prelim final replay from 1999, Parramatta versus the Storm. Oh, you had to bring that up. <laughs> you had to bring that up. Oh. <laughs> Mate, I think, yeah, that's the one that sticks out for me. As long as you don't bring up that it was um, 16-4 to Parramatta at <laughs> halftime. <laughs> oh, we, look, let's be honest. Which one hurts more, 98 or 99? Uh, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we're being Co- honest. Co- <laughs> common, common theme, Brian 2000, Smith. 2009 stings a bit as well. Yeah. Well, uh, you guys were the premiers that year because the others, well, they were cheats. Yep, that's right. All right, mate, that's it for the footy. What's yeah. next? Mate, a um, bit of streaming, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are we laughing? We're, we're going to apologise to the listeners first before we jump into the stream of the week because, I mean, this has just been has been sitting there on idle on my uh my Netflix for a long period of time, and I, I thought, you know, well, let's let's have have some fun with it. So, um, some of the listeners might have seen it, some maybe heard nothing about it. But the physical one hundred, mate, mm. the physical one hundred. So, it's a Korean-based game show, which is similar. Like, I mean, it's not Ninja Warrior, but it's a it's a physical game show. Um, but it was just bizarre. I'd, I'd seen it before. So how I'd come across the Physical 100 is one of our, our colleagues at work had sort of, um, you know, just mentioned it and said, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty funny. It's, it's a, you know, it's a good challenge. It's, you know, but you just got to get past the, the monkey magic voiceover. And, I mean, I remember Monkey Magic seeing those old cartoons of an afternoon or early morning at times, which was an absolute pisser. So we're probably talking to the the uh, the baby boomer generation who would have grown up watching Monkey Magic. But, um, yeah, it's an absolute pisser with the uh, the English narration dubbed over the Korean language. Oh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's um. Yeah, so the the bit that caught my eye was the the intro, mate, where they've all walked in and they're meeting each other. Oh yeah, and they're 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 
body has been sculpted by yeah. plaster. So they literally walk in and see their... So they got a mould of their own body. <laughs> and, they, and the, and the, um, the over, the, uh, the voiceover is like, oh, that's definitely me. Look at those lats. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, it is bizarre. And the funny thing about it is, you know, the audio is dubbed with English, but it just, you know, the fact that the direct translation from Carrera into English doesn't work. No. So it's just super – it's like robots talking to each other. I have, the, I have the most beautiful body here. Oh, that person has a beautiful body. Yeah. Is my body more beautiful than this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's um, – yeah, it's, I mean, it's gladiator-esque. I mean, you know, they're all, a lot of them come in quite fit, but it's, I was blown away. Like, I know, I'd heard stories and heard the idea that fame in Korea is a, is a pretty special thing. Mm. Um, you know, if you're popular in Korea, like, obviously, thinking about K pop, actors, dancing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, too, like, uh, athletes, you yeah. know, those who, who represent the national team and very patriotic there. Yeah. Um, you know, they do sort of uh, mandatory service in the military, so it's highly respected that you, you know, when you are in the military. Um, yeah, very, very nationalistic as a mm. country, uh, Korea. So they've got 100 people from a range of backgrounds and they've signed up. And, it, I mean, I never saw Squid Game. No, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, so, I mean, listeners out there who watch Squid Game might think, no, you, you're well off, but I'm going to throw it out there that it's probably similar to Squid Game but without the death. Yeah. So, you know, they're all been brought in due to their differing physical attributes. So, you know, you've got anyone from, like, a dancer to a champion arm wrestler. Yeah, like, an Olympic gymnast. And I, I don't remember her name, a lady who... I mean, has had all of the steroids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they've got, they, they had boxer, they had a dancer, as you said. TikTokers. Um, TikTokers, influencers. There, there's a... Um, Special forces. Yeah, the, um, a guy there who lives in Korea now, but is German. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but all very uh, fit in their own way and physically gifted in their own way now an interesting one and and you know i make it pretty clear all the time that i, I do look for the different things in in this world around us but um chu sung hoon mate mm. he was a participant yeah. so you know wanted to get in there and show how the old fellas do it 47 years of age oh, yep. now people may know chu sung hoon as yoshihira akiyama or Sexy Yama, the MMA UFC veteran. Uh, so the diehards of mixed martial arts would know who Sexy Yama is. Mm. He's a Japanese MMA pioneer, but he's of Korean descent. So, I mean, I'm not a history major, but I do have a little bit of an idea of what goes on in this world around. I think Japan and Korea have a bit of a tumultuous relationship. So he's of Korean descent, went to Japan took up at a Japanese name, uh, and then there was a bit of an issue there where he couldn't make the Japanese judo team. So he's a judoka. Mm. So he couldn't make the Japanese judo team because he was obviously of Korean descent. So he changed and, you know, became a naturalised Japanese, mm. still couldn't make it, and then he went back to back to Korea and competed as well. So he's got obviously that those two ends, but, um, you know, obviously not talking about the history of it because I don't really know too much about it, but... 
you know, it's in his best interest to be Chu Sung Hoon when he's in Korea and Yoshihiro Akiyama when he's in Japan, which yep. is for us here in Australia, we just go, what? You know, but obviously that's that's how the world works. You know, it's, um, yeah, there's obviously a lot of historical background to that idea, but he is an absolute god over there. In both Japan and in Korea, they love wow. sexy armor. Yeah. So, and he goes in there and he's obviously representing the old fellas. He's, he's just got model looks, luscious grey hair, you know, a 47-year-old body that's been chiseled and he is sexy armor. Sexy armor. So, and they, and you see when he walks into the room, everybody just goes, that's Chu Sung Hoon. Yeah. Oh, Chu Song Hoon. And they're all just looking and going, I can't believe he's here. And it just shows you how big fame is in yeah. somewhere like Korea. And it's an absolute piercer. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, yeah, I, um, I, I, I'm into it now. I quite enjoyed it. I, yeah. I, I was able to, like, the voiceovers, mate, I was able to watch it, <laughs> listen to it without watching it. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, some of the challenges as well are quite interesting as well. The arm wrestler you spoke about. He's a power lifter. He's going for the world record bench mm. press. And uh, the first activity where you had to basically hold yourself up using just your arms, uh, he was down about 20 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, and it's so, like, even the encouragement, like, there, um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, you know, you know, go mountain rescue. Yeah. And it's like, well, nobody says that, you know, <laughs> you know but obviously that's the, the direct translation from it. It's, yeah, Keep it, trying. it, it Give is it your all. <laughs> Keep trying. Do not let go. It's like, oh, they just let go. If you just hold on a little bit longer, <laughs> you will win. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cracking little show. And then obviously, I, I don't know if you got to the second episode, but um, the elimination start. Mm. So they get a ranking and then the elimination start from as you go through that, and when they get eliminated, they've got to take a sledgehammer to their physique. Oh, <laughs> oh, so it gets gets really exciting, mate. Yep, mate. I I was quite impressed by it. So yeah, I'd uh, I definitely recommend it uh, to give it a watch. Yep. So the physical one hundred punters, go and check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, and if you're a history major of Korean studies, you let me know how far off I was with my <laughs> understanding of the uh, of the relationship between the uh, the Japanese kingdom and and Korea. We love it, mate. All right, bit of football. Bit of football. Rightio, mate. Mate, talk to me. The toffees are finally in. What, what can you tell me? Talk to me. All right. Well, so I'll jump straight to it because, look, I don't want to make you wait. Don't make me okay, wait. Okay. We've got a whole heap of pre-season friendlies that, you know, are dying to be talked about. You know, all those games that matter. Yep. We evident fans don't care. <laughs> all right. So, Arno Danjuma, mate. Yep. He signed with the Toffees. He signed. You got a forward. Yeah. Left-sided forward, mm. but you got a forward, mate. Season-long loan from uh, Villarreal. Um, so this fell over in January. Yeah, so yep. they, they'd pushed for him, but... Yep. Um, Spurs came in and... Yeah, and I think they just 
ran out of time. There's obviously, you know, once other clubs become involved, it gets a bit pear-shaped, especially, you know, do you, if you're Dan Germa, do you go, well, let's go for a relegation battle or do you go and, you know, jump on board and and play the top six side? Yep. So, I mean... Fair enough, know. fair that's, enough. That's a fair call, that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you'll be wearing the number 10, but look, I was going through the Everton squad list. Damari Gray, Dan Germer, and Calvert-Lewin, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You're, you're still way too light mm. up front. Um, I'll talk about that in a moment when I go through the other transfers where I think, yeah, you know, I'd like to have seen that you guys were involved a bit more in. But um, we'll get through the friendlies first. So pre-season's full flight. United 2, Arsenal 0. Villa and Newcastle played out a 3-all draw. Fulham and Brentford, West London Derby. Fulham's got up 3-2. Chelsea beat Brighton 4-3 in the Graham Potter Cup. I've called it the Graham Potter Cup because they've both punted Graham Potter. (laughs) They've both (laughs) lost Graham Potter this year. Brighton not wanting to lose him, but Chelsea got rid of him. So, um, yes, the uh, Graham Potter Cup will be uh, the... That will be known at from now on. Um, Chelsea also squeezed in a win against the uh, Reynolds, McElnany, Wrexham 5-0. Um, two Everton 11s, mate. Mm. Two Everton 11s were in action. One beat Tranmere. Uh, sorry, it was a, a one-all draw with Tranmere and a 1-0 win over Wigan. I didn't know you had enough players to play <laughs> <laughs> two 11s. Certainly don't have enough forwards. So anyway, they've pulled in some of the kids. Liverpool picked up a fall two win over Karlsruhe um, in Germany. They're on a German camp over there. Karlsruhe, they play in the second division. Um, so a bit of a run around. Uh, Manchester City defeated Yokohama Marinos 5-3. Now, the City Football Group own Yokohama Marinos. So even if they're not cheating financially, they're playing games against teams that they own, so they'll win them anyway. Like, I mean, these guys just, they never give up. No. Never give up with their deviance. Uh, Forrest, they've been on a Spanish pilgrimage and they picked up a win and a loss against Levante and Valencia, respectively. Uh, Sheffield, they've been patting the record against local pub teams while Spurs missed out on another run around due to a waterlogged pitch in Thailand. So, Inge had some much-needed time with that, watching that team play, and he didn't get it. Mm. Um, West Ham, they're back. So, obviously, they're back in the old dart. They've been out here on our shores, and they've picked up a win against local rivals, Dag and Red. Dagenham and Redbridge. Mm. Um, Wolves are yet to get a run on their belt, mate. So, yeah, a bit happening. All the teams are getting a bit of a run and starting to see those new faces uh, link in with their sides. They're all been away. Getting very close to the um, start of the season again. Yeah, so so I think they, you know, most teams within the next week or so will be back on on local shores and knocking around and just getting those final tune-ups before mid-August. Geez, we've touched on it, but it's a short off-season. It's it's a bludger. I, I mean, you know... I love my football and yeah. I, I love the excitement that it brings because even in pre-season you've got transfers, you've got bucket loads of news, but, gee, mate, yeah, they they, 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 work, them, they work them to the core. Um, transfers, mate, uh, Anana is done for Manchester United um, and the Rasmus Holjund pursuit appears ongoing for us. Uh, Atalanta holding out for as much money as they can get on that. Big news today, mate, Mbappe. Yep. PSG have just pulled the pin. They've gone, you know what? You're not going to sign a deal. We want you gone. We need to recoup some cash. Yep, okay. So they've just said, 
time is time. We're going to sell you now. Yeah, you got to go. So, um, you know, if they are going to get any sort of cash, he's got to go to Saudi Arabia or he's got to go to Real Madrid. Yep. You know, there's nowhere else he can go. You know, Premier League teams can't afford him due to financial fair play. Um, You know, City don't follow those rules. We all know (laughs) that. Um, But they don't need him. So, I mean, there's not really anywhere in the Premier League that he can go. Um, things would have to drastically change at a club, i.e. United getting new owners or something, for yeah. there to be, to be enough funds. You know, Real Madrid seem to have this ability. They, I, I am of the opinion that Madrid have already got an agreement with him. Yeah, okay. You know, he's going to go there as a, on a free, and they've said, look, play out the year at PSG. So the talk now is that maybe Saudi Arabia, they're looking at it and going, look, we're not going to keep him long term, but what a boost for our league is we'll buy him off PSG, play him for a year with the agreement that we can release you to Real Madrid next year. Yeah, right. So there's an opportunity right. there for Saudi Arabia to say, look, we're going to get, imagine the eyes we're going to get on our league, even if it is just for that one season to get Mbappe down here. Mate, I'm going to be very impressed when that comes through. Well, I mean, just spitballing here. Mate, mate, I'd, you sounded confident. I, I, there's got to be something in it. Uh, Bayern, Bayern Munich, they're pushing for Kane. Did I jump in there on something, mate? No, mate, I was just, you know, I, the passion you talk about. Not, not, not when you talk about United, when you talk about your hate for City. Oh, it's just special. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're grubs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bayern Munich, they're pushing for Harry Kane. You know, all I I'm a bit skeptical on this one. I I know Bayern is a big draw, but to get a player out of the Premier League, there's got to be some sort of real carrot there. And I don't think money is an issue for Harry Kane. So it's got to be winning trophies. Now I get the feeling that the reason why it's just Bayern at the moment is that there are some Premier League vultures, i.e. my club, United, who are just sitting back and waiting. Mm. Because if a Premier League club jumps in and says, look, we're going to go after Harry Kane, i.e. a Declan Rice or a Jack Grealish, we've seen those massive transfers, yep. they're looking at 100 mil minimum. You know, Especially you know, Tottenham are going to sell Harry Kane to a rival for less than 100 mil. Yeah. Bayern Munich come in, they get an agreement for 60 because that's really the budget they work under. They're not in the Premier League. They haven't got the money. Tottenham says, look, we're going to cut our losses. We're going to sell him for 60 to buy him. Wouldn't surprise me if there's those Premier League clubs that are sitting there just waiting for that agreement to be placed. In we get 60, we'll give you 65. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so they're, yeah. they're just playing and going to hold off to see what Tottenham do before they actually show their cards and say, hey, we're actually, we've always been interested. We just so didn't want to pay $100 million. We're just not paying $100 because yeah. he's, he's a free agent after this season anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if he doesn't, if, if Harry Kane doesn't go to Bayern Munich and doesn't go to Manchester United, I mean, I'd like to see him stay at Tottenham, yeah. you know, and play under Ange, you know, because if he can score goals for Ange, you know, I'm not a Spurs fan, but at least I'd see an Aussie doing well. Yep. All right, mate. All right. I like it. I like it. We'll the, see. The one that I was thinking of, though, mate, Harvey Barnes. So Harvey Barnes has agreed a deal to go to Newcastle from Leicester. So Leicester were relegated last se- at the end of the last season, but he's gone to Newcastle, $40 million. Mm. This is the one where I'm questioning where Everton were on this. Were they interested in him? I, I haven't sort of looked too deeply into it. This sort of just come across my desk, but I'm thinking for an extra forward, that was your pick. Yeah. 
you know, Harvey Barnes, good player, 40 million from a relegated rival, you know, you're basically, you know, you could have picked him up. But, I mean, the the glitz and glamour of Champions League football up at Newcastle is obviously what's got him across the line. But, I mean, I'd be very surprised if Everton weren't Sniffing. Sniffing or right in there. Yeah. Throwing some uh, some offers Leicester's way. So, yeah, a bit of a disappointing one for you as a Toffee fan to, to miss out on an opportunity like that. Yeah. But um, a big move, Wilfred Zaha. So he's um, he's off to Galatasaray. I wasn't sure. He got offered big money to stay at Palace, his, his local team, obviously. He spent a little bit of time, six months, well, six months in full, but... 12 months on loan at, back at Palace when he was at Man United. Um, didn't work out for him there. He went back to Palace. He's made a career, carved a career out as a club legend at Crystal Palace. He's still got a lot to offer, but uh, obviously he's decided that he wanted something new and, and nowhere else in England was going to suffice other than Crystal Palace. Um, so he's, he's heading over to Turkey to Galatasaray. So well done, Wilfred, and enjoy your time over there. He's, uh, yeah, a real good one. Yep. Wilfred Zaha. And, uh, mate, the big one was obviously Dan Juma, mate. We can say that one again. Yeah, because mate. Because Everton are in, they're in business, mate. But, um, yeah, we can't finish a football chat without just mentioning how disappointed I am in that Manchester United kid as well. Oh, mate. <laughs> so, uh, and as as my team have, have put their foot right into it, you can imagine that any third kit, any questionable alternate kit that comes out is going to get absolutely hammered on my part between now and the start of the season. Uh, yeah, I imagine so. All right, mate. Beautiful bit of football chat. <laughs> yes, mate. That uh, sort of wraps that up. Where do we head next, mate? Mate, time to get over to the integrity report. Let's do it. Integrity. This is Democracy Manifest. Potty, integrity issues, mate. Have you got anything for us? Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. Well, we've touched on uh, United and we've touched on Arsenal and the rivalry between the two. And uh, we, we've spoken about the fact uh, that, um, you know, both of them had their um, third kits coming out over the last week. <laughs> and they've obviously decided that they were going to have a, you know, a heated debate over which team actually won the shittest third kit in history. And uh, that, that, it's actually come to blows. Well, it looks like it was... Uh are we talking about the Arsenal fans? We're talking about it. The lo- it looks like the United, I mean, I think we're lucky we didn't release it on the day because, I mean, we stayed clear of that. But yeah. it was a scrap for the ages, wasn't it? It was, mate. It was an absolute punch on, wasn't it? And, um, yeah, so um, what do you make of it, mate? What do you make of it? It's, some, of the, it's some of the footage is pretty um, pretty. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. We, we've got a, a, a video of it or a, a, yep. a view of it up on our social media page at, at Instagram at Sports Detention. Um, I mean, I can't think of anything more embarrassing for a human being than to be punching on at a sporting event. I mean, I, I love my sport. I love my teams. I'm very, very passionate. Never have I got, come to the point where I'd want to knuckle on with someone over a result or anything that's gone on. Yep. But it seems to happen quite regularly. Oh, mate. But, um, yeah, these guys got at it. It was, yeah, it was unusual to say the least. Yeah, well... It just didn't seem to end either. Like, you know, every now and again mm. you see a scuffle at a sporting event and it like it's almost like if something clicks and like, hang on, what am I doing yeah, here? What are we doing? And yeah. they back right out of it and, you know, you get away from each other. But these guys were just going 
Yeah, and, and I mean, it was Arsenal fans versus Arsenal fans, which is just, I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. All but, right, sorry, I got that wrong before. Sorry about that. Yeah, so Arsenal versus Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, but you looked at, remember um, Queensland, former Queensland player, Owen Cunningham, at last yeah, year's yeah, yeah, yeah. Magic Weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there was a knuckle. But the fact of the matter is that these days, everyone's got a mobile phone, everyone's yeah. got a camera, People aren't stopping fights these days. They're getting the camera out yeah. and they're just starting to hit record and yeah. just watching it unfold. So, you know, I mean, there could be nothing more embarrassing for an individual than not only if you get the shit beaten out of you, yeah. but also, too, is who goes home a winner? You both go home with ripped shirts and probably a six-month ban. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And you've had to pay eight bucks a beer. Yeah, you have. You have. and you. Yeah, probably, that's probably on special. Probably tasted like plastic as well. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, mate, the big, the big issue, mate, involves uh, we're still on the football. On the football, mate. Tell me, mate, what is it? Look, I'm going to brand the question, mate. Women's World Cup. Mm? Or Love Island. Oh, yeah. What is it? Drama, mate, drama, drama. Mate, the integrity issue for this week uh, falls around the promotion for me and awareness around the Women's World Cup. Now, we've jumped on board. We we love the idea of the Women's World Cup. We're, we're big Tillies fans here. You know, we were, we're looking for the girls to go all the way. Yep. However, I can't help but really, you know, look at it as a, as a whole collective, you know. And I'm glad that we can watch a World Cup. Yeah, especially the women playing. And so many young Australians can be inspired, you know, to reach the pinnacle of football by watching an event on their own shores. However, the issue I have is around the reporting and the, you know, promotion of an event through garbage journalism. Mm. You know, I I would actually go as far as to consider it trolling because what they're doing is they're putting these articles out to troll and get a response, which is completely doing an injustice to the event that is proceeding in front of us. Yep. You know, articles that have come across my view in the last week, Potty, I'm going to give you some headlines. Four couples set to compete against each other for World Cup glory. Who cares? Yep. Karina Gorey clears the cloud over comments made by David Bashir. So comments made about her being a mother. Who cares? FIFA president Gianni Infantino. Now we know he's special. We know we know Gianni, you know, and that famous Qatari speech, you know, where he he said he felt like an immigrant uh, who was working for you know four dollars a day on the towers in searing heat, and he also said you know felt like he was gay, Man. you know. He's he's a de- he's a foot and mouth man. Oh yeah. So he shuts he shuts down all the negative talk around equal pay and prize money. So we go down that avenue. Mm. Apology made as the reporter asked a Moroccan team captain if anyone in the squad is gay. What? <laughs> what? Canadian player becomes the first trans non-binary player to play at the World Cup. I mean, where is a brick wall? Yeah. <laughs> you know, where is a brick wall so I can run headfirst into it? I would be the first to admit, Potty, that I'm not running over the hills to watch every World Cup match. You know, it's a, you know, I don't have the same fever as I demonstrated during the Men's World Cup. You know, and I'm just, that's not, that's personal preference for me. I'm just being honest. You know, it's not disparaging towards the women's game. It's just honesty. That's, that's where I'm at. 
What I can, however, suggest is that I'm really we- willing to dig in and watch the girls play. You, you're with me on that. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm looking for a bandwagon. Yeah. Give us a bandwagon. We're looking to jump on it. All over it. Yeah. That being said, if there is a not a shift from the current reporting being played out in the media, I'm fucking out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not watching it. You know, it's just, it's such a disservice to a, a great event you know, the, the style of reporting that there's out there, you know. And, the, I mean, it frustrates the piss out of me enough watching the the questions being posed to a football manager, you know, on pre-season tour, like asking him about Harry Kane. You know, Ange Postacoglu was hammered by a German reporter who said, you know, we're going to come and sign Harry Kane. What do you think about that? And you're just like, what a waste of his time. Yeah. You know, ask him a question about football. Ask him a question about tactics. Something he's going to answer. Do not ask him a question that he's going to go, I'm not talking about that. You know, do not ask Eric Ten Hag about Mason Greenwood, who he's clearly not going to talk about. Do not ask him about a signing or a player who is actually contracted to another team because he ain't going to talk about that. Do not ask the captain of the Moroccan women's team if any of her players are gay, if it is illegal to be gay in her country, she's not going to answer it. You know, that is the massive problem which does a complete disservice, regardless of what the answers are on any of those. It does a complete disservice to the game that is being played out and that we should be focusing on. That's where I'm on on that. I don't know if I'm off. but I think you've been nail on the head. The product is something that we're all keen we're all keen to watch. We're all interested in. Ask some questions that are going to give us a little bit of an insight into Absolutely. tactics. Ask some questions that are going to give us a little bit of an insight into who the players are, their their backgrounds, like where they've come from. Ask some questions about football. Absolutely. Now, if you want to write a headline about Karina Gorey, how about you ask Karina Gorey what it's like to be a mother and be a professional athlete, and the challenges of balancing the two. Instead of trying to hammer David Bashir for making a comment about, which I think was a backhanded compliment, of the fact that it doesn't seem to have phased her the fact that she's in motherhood and she's still performing at the highest level. Pretty simple. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it obviously doesn't get the advertising revenue. Well, yeah, clickbait. Got to ignore it. Got to ignore Got it, to mate. push it to the side. So We need to be better. We need to be better. Absolutely, mate. What would David Goggins say about this? Mate, what would Goggins <laughs> say about it? I'll tell you what. <laughs> Look, I think we going back... We can't say it here and <laughs> anything goes here, but... <laughs> yeah, mate. Going back to it, I, I mean, we're on board with the Women's World Cup. You know, I love it. Okay, let's focus on the football. Let's focus on giving the girls the platform that they deserve. Let's get behind the tillies. Let's win the World Cup for Australia and let's leave all the bullshit in the background. I agree. I agree. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the integrity report for this week. Done and dusted, making the world a better place a week at a time. Should we get another sport? Absolutely, mate. We need to move forward.
mate? Other sport, mate. Jump into the got? golf? Yeah, let's jump straight to the golf, mate. So the British Open, the Open Championship has been played out this week and uh, Brian Harmon has taken it out. <laughs> I tell you what, it, it, I mean, punters, punters worldwide. Oh, mate. The Masters, the Open, how's your cash looking? Oh, I tell you what. So 36-year-old, you know, he, he's... He's only won twice on the PGA Tour. Now, I say only. Winning on the PGA Tour is not easy. I mean, he's played better than I played he's at Royal Coffs Harbour on the weekend, that's for sure. <laughs> he certainly did um, um, the last time I played as well. But he hasn't won since 2017. So I doubt he was high up on you know, the, the winner's list for many punters out there, as you've alluded to. Yeah. Uh, he didn't only win, mate. He won by six shots. Yeah. <sighs> Mm, I've got a I've got a bit of analysis about this, but I'll I'll let you roll for a bit, and then I'll, I might just slide it in where I feel, deem appropriate. No worries, mate. So he, he's you know on a positive for the Australian viewers out there. Jason Day was yes. second. Well done, Jason. He, Jason Day. Yeah. Where do I know that name? Where do you know him from? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, Johnny Rum. Johnny Rum Rambo. Yep. So uh, he was now pre- eight under. In the third round, Rambo. Yeah. I mean, that was a round and a half. Oh, he's just – he's had a really good year. He obviously won the um, the Masters earlier this year and then he, um, you know, has finished quite high up in the other majors throughout the course of the year. So, well done, Johnny. Um, and, uh, you know, he would have been right up there again except for Brian Harmon. You know, and I, I thought to myself, oh, what a performance. Um, you know, what a victory. Unbelievable, and I thought to myself, this has never happened before. In recent history, in living memory, can you remember such an outsider winning? A la Wyndham <laughs> Clark. <laughs> a month ago. Like, what yeah. is going on? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, yeah, cash and checks. Cash and checks. Cash and checks. Um, look, the bookies are killing it. Um, look, I, I was really impressed with Jason Day. He was pretty He was pretty solid throughout the weekend. Um, obviously, the standout was um, was Johnny Rahm's eight under round in the third round. But, you know, Harmon, you know, when I looked at the – and I, I sat down and watched a fair bit of the Open on the weekend. And um, obviously, due to the time difference, most of the players I was watching were earlier in the, in the day, and it was absolutely pissing down. Mm. So Harmon got a really, really good start. He was obviously the leader after round one. Um, so he was up at the top of the leaderboard. So he was obviously grouped when they seeded the groups. He got later in the day. And for some reason, every time I would turn the TV on and watch his highlights after having a having a night's sleep, you know, I'd just been up watching Ricky Fowler, you know, put his hands in gloves underneath an umbrella to try and keep them dry, you know, and then Rory McIlroy, you know, coming onto the course struggling, Cam Smith struggling as well, you know, Scotty Scheffler. It was pissing down when he was out there as well. And then the sun would just come out in the afternoon. So the fact that nobody was able to reel Harmon in, you know, yeah. once he got that lead early and he, he was able to, you know, just get the, the luck of the draw in terms of the weather clearing up during the day. Yeah. I mean, it's no surprise that he that he kept that. Obviously, Johnny Rahm's round, you know, really brought him in, into contention. But, you know, I was looking out for Rory. And, yeah, you, you, you did um, you tip know, Rory. And, and Rory just, you know, he, he just... He was solid all weekend, yep. but it, it just he needed two John Rahm rounds to give it a shake, and it just was never going to happen. No, and um, 
Yeah, I must say though, uh, Harmon, it would have been easy under those sort of circumstances to be six shots up coming into the last day and crack, even yeah. if everything had come your way. Yeah. And uh, he, 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 he held on and he played the tournament of his life. I don't think you win another one. I don't think he needs to. <laughs> no. <laughs> He'll sign pretty, with Liv. And <laughs> pretty decent checks, those ones. Yeah. I mean, it was it was testing conditions. Um, I, I mean, I was watching the tee-offs on the first, oh. and everyone was just punching them. Like, yeah. it, just, you, it was such a trap and a difficult um, – I mean, as someone who excavates golf courses every now and then, you know, with my golf clubs, it it's so funny. You'll watch a Lynx course and you just go, oh, how easy would this be? It's got no trees. <laughs> And then you just see the wind and the rain and just all the elements just absolutely pumping the course. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, it's a different ball game, the old links. But, um, yeah, and, I mean, the retaining walls around those bunkers. Oh, like, man. I saw DeChambeau just, just centre it right in the bunker, you know, and that was the risk on the first. Yeah. If you played down the left, you were going in the bunker. If you played to the right, you know, which – the wind was pushing that way, you know, you were going in the thick stuff. So it was really, really challenging for the guys. It was fun to watch, but, yeah. Yep, mate. Um, anyway, another great t- – that's it for the majors for the year. Yeah. So, you know, always a bit of a sad time for golfers. There are plenty of golf to come, though. Yeah. Obviously, there are plenty for us to keep up with. But, uh, yeah, c- congratulations to Brian Harmon. I well mean, done, mate. I did yeah. not mention that. Sorry, mate. Well done, Brian. You know, no, no, we, we, we covered that pretty thoroughly. But, um, yeah, I mean, to win a to win a major on on the claret jug and the name will... They'll never take that away from you. They'll never take that away, mate. Um, yeah, so obviously just a final thing with Rory. Here was my tip. He couldn't get it done. And, uh, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with that, but... Anyway. We still love you, Rory. We still love you, mate. Um, just win. Just win. So, mate, I think we might jump back to the fights. Maybe um, we'll have a good punch on. Yeah. So, Aspinall versus Tybura, that, that fight night was on the weekend. Um, Aspinall came out. Obviously, he was coming back from his ACL reconstruction, which I mentioned last episode. Yeah. Um, he defeated Tybura via TKO in the first. Um, he looked good. Looked good. Looked really fit. He was moving in and out really fast. Just, you know, just had too much for Tybura. So, um, you know, he was favourite to win that. But obviously on with a 12-month layoff due yeah, to Yeah, there injury, would be questions, wouldn't they, coming yeah, back? Yeah, you, you just don't know how it's, how it's going to how it's gonna eventuate. Uh, Molly McCann was uh, submitted in her match. Uh, she was obviously a fair favourite and she's got a, quite a good following over there in the UK. Meatball Molly as she is known. Um, yeah, so a bit of an upset in the in the co-main. Um, Julia Stolyarenko was able to get that submission, uh, one of the the uh, Lithuanian fighters. And for Aussie fans, um, obviously a disappointing result for us with uh, Aussie Josh Kulabayo. I mentioned he was playing Lerone. He was fighting, sorry, my apologies, Lerone Murphy, and he's got beaten on a... Uh, unanimous decision in that fight. So, um, back you on the horse. With the decision? Uh, yeah, yep. Back on the horse. Back on the horse, Josh. All good. Um, rightio. Mm. Fight news, mate. Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. In the boxing. He's back. So, Pacquiao has signed on to fight uh, Bukow. Now, for... Muay Thai enthusiast, you'd know who Boa Kao is. He's an absolute legend. 
um, in Thai boxing. I mean, let's have a look at his record, mate. He would have somewhere in the region of, I'm going to guess, 300 fights. <laughs> let's have a look. Check out his record. Um, just while we're checking out his record, something I did miss, and I forgot about the golf if we jump back, was uh, Min Woo Lee. So Min Woo Lee was obviously playing around the time that I was watching because he was later on in the pack. How good was it that every time he'd hit the ball, they'd give us the Ric Flair, woo! <laughs> Mate, I just listened. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And he just did not seem concerned whatsoever about it. I mean... Get on it. I, I hope he comes out and he gives it the tick of approval because that is an absolute pisser. That's what we love. We love the nature. Oh, mate. And, you know, men were like, I mean, probably the worst thing it's like when people call your names is the worst thing is to tell people that you don't like it because mm. then it comes at you twice as hard. That's right. That's right. Uh, so looking at his kickboxing and Muay Thai record, uh Come on, give me a simple number here, would you? Um, it's not giving me a simple number, Potty. Right, it's doing in. So Packy is 44 now. Packy has 44. Mm. Yeah, um, so it's going to be boxing he's been, rules. He's been off in the um, political world for the last few years. Yes. So I'm going to have to go a little bit deeper on this. And this is probably boring podcasting, but I can't leave any stone unturned. Two hundred and forty wins for Bookow. There you go. It was close to three hundred. Two hundred and forty. Well, that's wins. That's wins. Yeah. yeah so no, he wouldn't have lost many, mate. <laughs> uh, Twenty-four losses. Twenty-four losses. Yeah. And fourteen draws. Yeah. So he. Pretty darn close, mate. Yeah, yeah. Pretty darn close to 300 fights. They fight every odd weekend over there in Thailand. Um, I remember when I was over there, actually, um, you know, we get into the punting in the Muay Thai in the, um, in the stadium there in, in Patong, and um, there was one of the local bookies, and the bookies are dodgy over there. They're as dodgy as anything. And, mate, he dead set looked like James Brown. It was fantastic. He had, like, fresh pearly whites, veneers, and just a glazed skin colour with his greased down black hair and he looked like James Brown. It was fantastic. Mate. That's, that's the story. <laughs> <laughs> Righty, a bit of F1, F1, mate. What did we see? Oh, uh, well, mate, uh, different, different venue. Hungry, same old story, mate. Max Verstappen, too good, another win. Mate, he was hungry all weekend. He was hungry. <laughs> Round of applause for that one. Oh, mate. But, uh, mate, the thing that I was most impressed with wasn't Maxi. It was um, your man, Piastri. Oscar. Oscar, mate. You called it. Oh, look, no, look. Let, let's just pump the brakes on that oh, a bit. Right, I, right. I did call that Oscar Piastri was paying 17 bucks a place. And I said, look, get on it. Mm. Now, anybody who, who keeps the finger on the pulse and checks out our socials will know that when we posted our multis, I dogged it. <laughs> I dogged it. I went for the top six. However, it proved a, a good, a good choice. A yep. It proved a good choice because he, he came fifth. 
So, um, yeah, well done. And uh, Maxie, I think that makes 12 in a row or something like that now, which is um, pretty pretty special. Pretty impressive. Yeah, he's he, on a good run. Yeah, he's, he, he, he's definitely a rung above everyone um, at the moment. So, um, he's, you know, mate, what a pick. You're second only to Nostradamus, mate, with your picking at the moment. Call me Nostraldamus. Nostraldamus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, you know, I just thought that was a special pick. And, uh, you know, wasn't it good to see Daniel Ricciardo back as well? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be, like we said uh, last week, it, it would be uh, great for the Netflix show. It's obviously going to make a make a sly, slight piece of the action uh, next season of Drives to Survive. But, um, look, I I stand by my comment. You might not get the juicy odds that I, I have suggested, uh, last week, but Piastri, I, I would suggest there could be a podium between now and the end of the season. <sighs> McLaren are driving well. Well, I like that, mate. I like it, and you'll hear it all. You'll hear all about it at the sports attention, mate. Because as you've said today, we love a bandwagon. Absolutely, and I mean, I could also suggest that somebody will probably hit us up on the socials and tell us that Hungary was the last race. <laughs> <laughs> Bad luck. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> Let us know. Um, Rightio, mate. The cricket. The cricket, mate. Well, mate, the Aussies have successfully retained oh. the Ashes due to a, a well-constructed, well-timed tactical effort over in Manchester, mate. Where they were getting comprehensively beaten. Mate. But um, then they called in an extra player. Did you pick up that beat? I'd that was Crimea River I from did. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Crimea River. <laughs> uh, um, uh, mate, so the Aussies were getting well smacked in the fourth test, but they hung in there and hung in there long enough for the rain to come. A great century by Marnus La- Lavashane, who's been a little bit quiet on the tour so far, and Mitch Marsh chipped in as well. He's been really good to have back in the team and um and, and held on until until the rain came. And you know, England's up in arms; they want rule changes and, and whatnot. And um, yeah. You know, obviously on the sports detention, we like everyone to have their say, but um, yeah, you've had your say and uh, we don't give a shit. <laughs> so, Mate, the big news... Maybe you shouldn't have lost the first like, two tests. Obviously, and it's something for coaches to be aware of, you know, in the sporting realm is, obviously we talked about it, Origin 3. In the box, you looked up on Freddie's shoulder, who was there. Yep. Ivan Cleary, bit Ivan. of an advisor. Did you see in the box at Old Trafford, mate? He wasn't, mate. Tim Bailey. Tim Bailey. Tim Bailey, weatherman. Weatherman, mate. <laughs> was fucking telling them all the secrets. He said, drips and drops across rooftops, guys. Dig your heels in. Hey, get Bailey, to lunch. He, be, mate, all we need, if you can survive another 35 bolts. <laughs> Tim Bailey. Not confirmed, but, I mean, mate, as I'm good ha- as confirmed here. I'm happy to go with it. Yep. Um, um, mate, I think that makes four ashes in a row. So that's uh, two, two in England and... Um, and then two in Australia. Uh, so I think there's only been a couple of times that's been done in history. It's been done by Australia mm. once. It was done by England in the 1800s. So yeah, keep chipping away. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we didn't win the last series over in England. We retained, and that's all we've got to do. We're the ones holding the, holding the urn. Mm. And that's the same as what we're at at the moment. Gee, I'd love to see him win in the last test just to really jam oh, up those points. It's one of those things, though, isn't it? Like, he just goes, oh, well, you know, the weather, it was a draw. It's like, mate, draw a line in the sand, put the urn on our side, come and get it. That's right, that's right. Come and get it, England. Yeah, that's right. You, you know going in to yeah. the series, it's five tests. You've got to win three. Come like and get you, it. Yeah, you, yeah. 
Muppets. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the old argument that, oh, you know, we're, we're getting our groove and the right. It's like, oh. well, no, win the first two tests. Yeah, that's exactly right. Win the first. And, you know, they were lucky. You know, they would say, oh, you were lucky to win the first two. Well, you were lucky to win the third as well. And, you know, what do we say? Go coach the Titans if you're going to talk about luck. Yeah, we're not interested. Yeah, he's exactly right. Now, not only do we, I mean, that's solidified it. Number yep. one test nation. We've got the mace and we've got the urn. We've got the biggest and the smallest trophies available in cricket. We love it, don't we? And, uh, yeah, we're going home. Can we get some extra check baggage, please? Let's do it. Let's do it, mate. Few few questions, though, coming up because we do always like to improve. Um, batters. So, Davey Warner's out of touch. Everyone's talking about this is going to be his last test match for Australia. Where do they go from here? Um, someone like Marcus Harris has been in and around the system, had maybe a dozen goes now, hasn't really performed. Renshaw, a little bit the same. He does have a century to his name. There's, um, you know, a few whispers and talks about maybe changing, m- moving someone like Travis Head up to the top or something like mm. that. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that, but, yeah. I think it's um, it's the time for change. You know, I'm, I'm probably a little less qualified to talk on the specifics of it, but I think when you look at a an Asher series, um, you know, you're looking at basically let's, let's you know, let's re-knead the bread. Yep. Okay, so if, if it's time for David Warner, give him the send-off that he deserves, what, what he, you know, have that conversation with him. Yeah. How are we going to, you know, transition to the next next crop that are going to come through and going to retain the ashes? So I, I agree. I think it's a perfect time. I, I believe Pakistan is coming out to Australia over the summer. I, I think mm. so. And if I'm right, they're not one of the top test nations in the world. No. So wouldn't that be a good time to bring in somebody who you see as being the future, bring mm. him in against Pakistan, hopefully against a team that's not quite as good as, say, England, India, South Africa, that they do quite well, get their foot in the door, rather than, you know, giving them... But know, in saying that too, like I completely agree, but I'm also open to the idea of Dave Warner sitting down with the, the head honchos and saying, look, give me the Pakistan series to say goodbye. You know, you've served the country so well. You know, if it's a home test, you know, if you, you're going to give him a Sydney test or something to say, oh, I'm, I'm happy for that. I think he's earned enough to to say that. I mean, I don't know whether you put big picture in front of, you know, sort of. It's, uh, an, it's an interesting conversation. Mate, you're a romantic, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, no. Sentimental yeah. at heart. Ask yeah. my wife. She'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, I, I couldn't argue with that from uh, from a, you know, a sentimental point of view. But for the future of Australian cricket, I'd love to see. Some, yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I, I can see both ways. I guess there's no guarantees that a um, youngster will come in and knock out forward arcs and go. <laughs> well, there you go. Then <laughs> back to the drawing board. Yeah. but uh, Calling yeah. David Warner up. <laughs> Stay fit, mate. Stay fit. Uh, 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 selections, uh, they're really struggling without a spinner. Nathan Lyon going down is, is hurting. And that's something to look at as well because Nathan Lyon, you know, he's he's not going to be around forever. No, no, he's he's in his mid thirties now. He's taken, he's just shy, just shy of five hundred test wickets, or maybe he's taken mm. it now. But you know, he's going to be moving on. They do have a couple of youngsters coming through. Did quite well in India, but weren't quite up to it earlier this series. Um, so you know, they probably need a fair bit of time as well. And and again, your transition. How do you? transition someone over but maybe i'm wrong as well he is he does have a calf injury at the moment but he is a spinner yeah typically spinners can yeah 
hang on a little bit longer? Yeah. I mean, just ask Stuart McGill. Just ask McGilly. <laughs> and uh, tactics has been... Mate, last time, actually, last time Stuart McGill was hanging on, he was hanging on to the insides of someone's boot <laughs> of their car. <laughs> oh, God. Nothing dodgy there. Oh. Magilla, come on, Magilla. Oh, uh, he, he, he apparently was always a bit of a different catch, Dewey. But I, I'd love to have a conversation with him. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, mate. Um, you know, Paddy, um, Paddy Cummins came under a, a little bit of scrutiny about some of his tactics. A little bit. Yeah, I there's think. a bit of talk around his position, and yeah. um. So anyway, um. I mean, you're never going to get a bad word out of me about Paddy Cummins. No, he's, no. he's as as well, Penrith as to the core, mate. So you know, I don't think they'll say blasphemy it. out there. I don't think they'll say it when they're up two nil. So. No. <laughs> yeah, but um, but I think the thing with Pat Cummins is he runs his own race. Yeah, you know what I mean. And he's, uh, I think he's pretty headstrong. So whatever he wants to do is essentially what he's going to do. And yeah. when you put someone like that as your captain. You know, you got to you got to run the whole race with him. Oh, I love him. Keep him there. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I I'm suggesting that it would be his decision. Yeah, he will do what he wants to do. If he if he's no longer the captain, it's because Pat Cummins has said I'm no longer the captain. Yeah, it won't have anything to do with a, a mm. report or two. No. All right, mate. And uh, it was like Shane Warne, the great Shane Warne, rest his soul. Is when he didn't want to be captain, he just didn't. He told you because he played up, mate. <laughs> That's 100%, mate, 100%. He just, you know, got right in on it. We love him. Mate. All right, mate, uh, before we move on for the cricket, um, you know, as, as we mentioned, there are a lot of people upset, but a few people specifically. Oh, one person in, one person. in particular, Piers Morgan. Yeah. Um, now, Piers Morgan, you know, we know he obviously has a beef, not – with the Australian cricket team, I mean that's a that's an ongoing debacle. That he's obviously got to be for the royal family, not you know the offshoots of the royal family, Meghan Markle and Harry. Troll job of the year, troll job of the year. Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, if you're listening, dress yourselves up. 1996 Carlton United Breweries, Australia's one day kit. Sit yourselves on a beach in Malibu and send a shout-out to Piers Morgan. <laughs> Congratulate him <laughs> on the Ashes victory. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. The Ashes loss. The Ashes loss. Wearing, some would say the Canary Yellow. <laughs> Bill Laurie would say Aussie fucking gold. Aussie gold. <laughs> it's just a suggestion there. Megan, Harry, if you're listening... The ultimate troll job is in action. Put yourselves in the Aussie uniform, one dayers. Send Piers a bit of a shout out. <laughs> what do you reckon, mate? Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, mate. So getting towards the end, but we've got to get into our three-legged multis. Into the multi, go? mate. How'd you go? Uh, mate, two from three, Rory no good. I, it, I mean, I would have – I mean, I don't know if I'd be here if I had a one. It mm. was, you know – Oh, I definitely would have been here. So, yes. Um, Rory, I, I thought, yeah, 
that was definitely probably wasn't the one that I was overly as concerned about because it was a it was pretty out there. I mean, I had the Bulldogs with the line. I thought the line was too generous. However, after thirty minutes of the game, the line was nowhere near enough. No. I think you know Penrith just decided to take their f- yeah. their foot off the pedal. And I mean, the hands down. I I can't for the life of me remember the winger's name from the Bulldogs who took that the young fella. Oh yeah, um, but the hands good. he used to to maintain control of possession and score that try I mean that got me in on the line yeah so <laughs> well done <laughs> so we'll appreciate that a big win for the Panthers and I and I got the Bulldogs on the line um and then I had that rolled into Oscar Piastri top six as I mentioned I dogged the uh, podium finish but still paid pretty handsomely that and um yeah Rory at eight dollars so it would have you know had it have come in it would have scored me 53 bucks yep no oh, mate well would have been lovely it would have been lovely do you know what I got a big donut? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> How'd you go, mate? Mate, I was uh, two out of three. Sounds close, but my first leg and my favourite went down. Canada lost in the Women's World Cup to Nigeria, I think it was, uh, who they were very, very heavily um, touted to beat. And uh, they were beaten. No, oh, no, sorry, it was a draw. draw. And uh, so I was, I was gone after about... Uh, two hours after putting me back. <laughs> I've, been, I've been there. And it's, my, my it other sucks. two uh, ones were uh, the Lions to win and Brisbane to win, and both of them were Brisbane Broncos actually weren't favourites when I tipped them. Ooh. And so I got me got my two up that were um, a bit rougher. My favourite let me down. No, <laughs> That'll teach yeah. me. Uh, mate, I, I've actually just got some correspondence uh, this evening from uh, one of our other listeners who – is absolutely stoked because they'd uh, they'd reached out uh, in relation to the multi mm. via the social media and they suggested uh, they didn't know whether to cash out or not. Oh, yep. Cash out and they were looking at the draw between, I believe it was Norway and Switzerland in the women's soccer oh, okay. today. And, I mean, I'm no one to give uh, advice on punting, especially if I give it to you. It's probably a good idea to go the other way. Ladies and gentlemen, nil all draw today. So he oh. has just ripped in a big win. I believe it was paying somewhere in the realms of fifty bucks. Oh. <laughs> so um, that's per dollar. Yeah, I, I, I'm not uncertain as to what was put on it, but uh, yeah, very very pleasing win that one. And um, my response to that was that there has been no draws in the women's World Cups. So far today, so surely it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Only oh. works when I haven't got a cent on it, mate. There we go. Another um, another fantastic week of punting. Gamble Marks, responsibly, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, gamble responsibly. All right, mate. Finish it off. Penis, Penis of the, the week. week. Penis of the week, um, mate. I'm going to have to go with. Um, I'm going to go with Piers Morgan. Yep. Penis of the week. Um, just for the carry on. That you know, post ashes, um, but also too. I mean, it's a bit of a connection. So you got the Arsenal fans punching on with each other yep. as well. Piers Morgan's the Arsenal fan. Um, Arsenal Football Club is my penis of the week because you need to get control of your fan base because they are out of control at the moment. Piers Morgan is crying. Your fans in New York are punching on with each other. And your club is unleashing third kits. Yeah, I know. I'm pot calling kettle black. Man, United is shit. Third kits that are atrocious. And your summer signing 
Kai Havertz is being referred to as shit by commentators on live broadcasts. (laughs) So Arsenal Football Club, summarising it all, fans included, penis of the week. Mate, well, I'm going to jump right on the poms, mate, and the hypocrisy that has come... Coming out of from their direction, they've been complaining about the weather. They can, <laughs> oh mate, my! They've been golly. complaining about the rules. Yeah. They've been they haven't had a fair go. Too bad you lost the first two tests at yeah. home, had every chance to win them, and you got unlucky if you want to call it that in the fourth. Yeah. So you're not gonna you're not gonna take the urn home. I've got an idea. Be less shit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Pom's complaining. Yep. Who Turn have, it up. Who would have known? Anyway. I mean, you had an option a long time ago. You could have had paradise, but you sent your prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stop complaining about the weather. All right, well, mate. Um, so, um, yep, that, that's it for that's me. Us, that's it for us. Right. That's it for us, mate. We're done. Another one in the bag. Um, anything else to add before we're done? No, not from me, mate. Just listeners. We love hearing from you. Absolutely. Jump, get us on the socials. Let us know your punting exploit. Send us funny videos via the gram. You know, keep us keep them flowing. We'll, we'll share them on, pass them on, and, and keep the community building. And, uh, yeah, it's, that's what we're after here at the Sports Detention. We love you. At Sports Detention is where you'll get us on all platforms. And for any of our listeners up in Tannum Sands, home of the Seagulls, we say good night. And farewell. <laughs>